the answer to that, the short answer to that is for His glory. God created you for His glory. Now, I wish I could delve into that, but we've had other times where we've delved into that, and I need to steer this question a little bit different and ask a little bit of a different question that, that's kind of a sub-question to this question. What, what, why are you here? What's your purpose? And then kind of under that, we have this next question, and it's this. What's your mission? See, that gets a little bit more specific, doesn't it? Instead of just purpose, we have mission. Like, what, what's, what, what am I trying to accomplish? What am I doing here? Like, I get we're here for God's glory, but what is our mission? My mission right now is to keep my tie from getting backwards again. It keeps flipping around. What's our mission? I think one of the best places of Scripture to go to answer that question is Matthew 28, 19 through 20. This is our scripture memory passage for our Wednesday night. We, we have one passage a month because uh, the Bible tells us to hide God's word in our heart. And so we're trying to be obedient to that and trying to memorize some passages of scripture. And Matthew 28, 19 and 20 says this, verse 19 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This passage of scripture has acquired a nickname. Does anybody know what the nickname is? The Great Commission. Let's put that up there. The Great Commission. This is a passage that we have come to call the Great Commission, where Jesus is saying, this is what I want you to go and do. Right? This Great Commission is also shared in a few other places of Scripture. Mark chapter 16, you can find the Great Commission, a slightly different version of it. Luke uh, 24 has it again. John, so all the four Gospels have this Great Commission. And it's even reiterated again in the book of Acts. I would say this is probably fairly important, wouldn't you? I mean, to be reiterated so many times, this is probably something to take note of. In fact, that doesn't even include, besides the Great Commission, there's all kinds of places in Scripture where elements of this Great Commission are taught again and again and again. And so when you start taking all these things into account, we can say definitely, what's our mission that that God hasn't left us wondering what we're supposed to be doing? What's our mission? What is it? One of the common themes of all of those different slight variations of that Great Commission is this idea of go. Which kind of, that is kind of contained in the idea of a mission, isn't it? I mean, a mission to go do something, right? Go. Proclaim the gospel to all nations. Go. Teach the gospel. Proclaim the gospel. The gospel, as you probably know, the word gospel means good news. Well, then that just makes sense. If it's good news, then part of good news is proclaiming the good news, isn't it? I mean, it's tied up in the very essence of the fact that it's good news is to proclaim it and to tell it. What is that good news? Well, here's the good news. If I were to try to summarize, I try to do this different ways all the time. I'm trying to think, how can I summarize the good news of the God, you know, this gospel message? One of my favorite aspects of the good news is this. That God, when he communicated to these people that he's created, in the problem that they have, that he's a righteous judge and they're criminals, so to speak, committed high treason against the king, have not followed him. 
The good news is that God, in seeking to answer that dilemma, doesn't say, okay, you got to do the following things. Right? Now, in the Old Testament, he gives us the, the list of things, do this, the law. But the only thing the law served to do was to make us bigger criminals. Paul tells us that in the New Testament. He says the law made us bigger sinners. Why? Because the more rules there were, the more things we were breaking. And so, there's a righteousness that God offers us that is totally separate from doing, from law. God said, you know what? I'm going to send myself in the flesh, the person of Jesus Christ, God in flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, to take the penalty for our crimes. And then he comes back to the people and he says, here's the good news. You don't got to do anything. But you have to be a person who trusts this Jesus that I sent. This is your Savior. This is your hope. Trust Him. And that's good news, isn't it? That the hope that God has offered us isn't a hope of accomplishment, but a hope in someone else's accomplishment. That's really good news. I can be a bit of a perfectionist sometimes, and so I really hate it when I have to accomplish, like when things are based on how well I do. That kind of annoys me because I'm like, man, I, I can never get it quite right. But the wonderful thing that God has done in the gospel is that he said, it's not based on your accomplishment. You don't have to get it right. Jesus did it all for you. And that's good news. That's good news. Our mission is to go and tell people that. Now, we consider ourselves a a Christian nation. Wouldn't you say that? I mean, sometimes we we question that. Okay, But let's think about the people you know. Most people we know believe in God and Christ. There's, it's, it's getting more and more common where you'll meet people who say, I, I don't believe any of this at all. But, but for the most part, we know a lot of people that believe in Jesus. Now, But, but let's not even think about that. Let's, let's focus in, hone in on us right now. Just us. Consider ourselves Christian. We come to church. We're here. We believe in this stuff. But how many of us have been obedient to this commission, our mission, go and tell. Right? Go and tell. See, when Jesus was here, it was a come and see Jesus. But when Jesus was resurrected, he, now the, the mission has changed from come and see to go and tell. Go and tell. This is good news. Everybody needs to know this. Everybody needs to know that their hope is, is in Christ's accomplishment. But how many of us have taken that seriously? Now, don't, give, don't, don't, don't misunderstand me. Because it's our salvation, our hope is not based on our accomplishment. We're not saying, hey, if you haven't done this, right, you've blown it big time and you're condemned now, right? That's not, that, we're just saying, here, okay, if you really believe this, have you been obedient to this command? In fact, I would say a lot of you believed this good news, this gospel, before I was talking about it a few minutes ago, but how many of you have actually taken this command out there and shared? There may have been some other things you've shared with people. Some of you have proclaimed the gospel, so to speak, the mission. Your mission has been in life to get people to do the right thing. 
Have you ever had that mission of life? Uh, maybe your mission of life has been to eradicate stupid. Maybe, maybe that's been your mission. There's a lot of stupid out there. And I'm going to do my part to get rid of it. <laughs> well, that's stupid. Uh, m- maybe your mission has been your 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 mission has been the white picket fence life. You've been working for that, and working for that, and striving for that. You talk about it. You share about it. Maybe it's just about wise choices. Living the dream. Living life to its fullest. Maybe that's what you talk about. and That's your, that's your purpose, your mission. I want, to live, I want to live life to its fullest. It's not that you've been quiet and haven't con, you know, conversed with people about what you're trying to do. but maybe you've been conversing about the wrong thing. As I was preparing for this, one of my concerns has been that this is something that's been lost amongst Christians. There was a day when, when Christians felt like, and, and even if they, even if, let's just be honest, even if some people did it really poorly, even if some people did it really badly, there was a desire, and they call them soul winners. They believed that people needed to know Jesus. Now, maybe they, maybe they were messed up on some areas. Maybe they, maybe they, maybe they really blew it in how they presented it. I, I, I'll give you that. But you know what? It, it's like throwing out the baby with bathwater, right? You, you can't get to this place where you, you say, well, I'm not sharing at all. The gospel is still the gospel, and that is still our mission and still what God wants you to accomplish on this earth is to be presenters of the good news of Jesus. You might have to ask the question, if you really believe the gospel, why aren't you sharing it? I mean, if you really believe what, it, what we're talking about, if you really believe that the gospel is what we're saying it is, like when I sit up here and I say, oh yeah, the gospel, the good news of Jesus, that, that our hope is in his accomplishment, not in our own, why aren't you telling people about that? There's a lot of people that you probably know that their hope, their, their hope that they're, they're banking everything on is that they've been good enough. Right? That's their hope. They're banking everything on I've been good enough. Are you telling them the good news? Are you sharing the good news of that? That's not, no, you don't have to worry about that. Trust Jesus. You might be thinking, though, right now, wait a minute. I thought we were in the book of Ephesians. What does this have to do with Ephesians? Well, let's go to Ephesians real quick. Let's turn over there. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 through 15 is the section we're in. We're talking about spiritual warfare. We're talking about how God has... There's some monumental tasks or missions that God has given us. And when we just talk about what we need to accomplish, sometimes it feels overwhelming. And sometimes we feel like we walk in defeat in attempting to do this. And so God has given us this armor, this, this weaponry to, to put on, to, to go with us into the world. This is, this is the things that God has given us to accomplish the task in this spiritual battle that we're in. Ephesians chapter 6, starting out with verse 13, says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. That word stand means establish, be established as a person, right? And then he says it again, stand therefore... 
Right? There it is again. Be established. Stand therefore. Some of us, I, I've talked in the last few weeks, some of you, it's, you, you hear these things that are presented to you at church and you're thinking, man, it seems like I try that, but my life is more like a, a roller coaster ride of spirituality. Right? And the example I keep giving is, hey, roller coasters can be a lot of fun unless you're aiming for what? The moon. Then it's just a big disappointment, isn't it? If you're trying to get to the moon and you keep going back down, that's the best part of a roller coaster. But, but when, you, when, that came, when you're thinking, I'm going to go all the way, it's just a big disappointment every time you go back down. But the Bible tells us how to be established, stand firm. Notice what he says in this verse, this verse 14, stand therefore, and this is what we've talked about the last two weeks, having fastened on the belt of truth, now, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, we talked about those last two weeks. This week we're going to talk about verse 15. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. There's that word gospel coming in there. The gospel peace. What's interesting about this is you're not, as some say, shodding your feet or putting on these shoes. The, the shoes themselves aren't the gospel. But notice what does it say? It says, as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. That's interesting, isn't it? What's that talking about? Well, readiness means preparation, prepared, ready. Some versions even say that, the preparation of the gospel. This actually makes a lot of sense. When, when I'm ready to go, and I'm like, okay guys, it's right time to go, and I'm talking to my family, okay, time to go. One of the, one of the last things I say when I, when I want to see if you're ready to go, as I say, you got your shoes on? Anybody else do that? You got your shoes on? Oh, this fits really good. So, so there's a connection between the shoes, right? He's talking about the shoes and he's thinking about this, this readiness. This, I'm ready to go. The emphasis here isn't just on the gospel, but on the readiness. The, the shoes are the, the readiness given by the gospel. And that, that makes sense, doesn't it? Because you know, when you're ready to go, you got your shoes on, don't you? And you got the right shoes for the occasion. Right? You dress up, you got the nice dress shoes on. You, and now some of you ladies are going, I got the right shoes for every occasion. <laughs> right? Some of you guys are like, I got one pair of shoes, works for everything. <laughs> right? Hey, you know what? The thing is, that's what Paul's talking about. The readiness by, you know, what's on your feet. But what does the readiness come from? What does he say? Readiness comes from the gospel of peace. The readiness given by the gospel of peace. Now, that, I'm going to be honest. That left me chewing on this for the first half of the week. Because it's not have your feet, you know, the shoes of the gospel. It's the shoes of the readiness given by the gospel. What was challenging is that I started looking in all my commentaries. You know, okay, what's this guy say? What's this guy say? You know what they all said? Almost every single one I opened up and they said, this is a challenging word. Oh, really? <laughs> Thanks a lot. That wasn't any help. This is a challenging word. What, what, is, what does Paul mean when he says the readiness from the gospel? I'm going to give you what I believe Paul's referring to. And the sentence I'm getting ready to put up here, I've, I've chewed on. I, ten minutes ago, I was thinking about changing this sentence. I, I'm just, this, this sentence, I'm just sitting there going, man, I just think this. But I'm just struggling with getting the wording quite right. So this is the best I got so far. Okay. This is the key. What keeps you mobile, agile, and steady, right? That's good footing. Those, those soldiers, those Roman soldiers would many times have spikes on their feet, 
on the bottom of their feet to, to have good footing. And, and one of the things that helped the Roman army be so victorious, honestly, they had good shoes. They could march long distances, right, and keep going. Uh, this, this is an important thing in that time period. They didn't have our, our fancy memory foam soles, right? Uh, but the shoes were important. But what keeps you mobile, agile, and steady in this life is your readiness given by the gospel. And that's kind of the idea that Paul's trying to get out here. What, the, the reason why he's identifying it with our feet is because of what keeps you steady, moving. I mean, think about how difficult it is. Have you ever gone out and, and you, everything but your shoes? I mean, it doesn't matter. You try to run down a gravel road. I mean, it could be something really important. You're still going, oh, you know. I mean, the shoes are so essential. What keeps you sure-footed and agile and steady in this life is the readiness that comes from the good news. Is it starting to sink in a little bit? You still thinking like, hmm, that's okay. Wait, I'm, I'm not quite there yet, Matt. Okay, let me put it in even different words. Okay, I'm going to make it real simple for you. The, the readiness that comes from the gospel, the, the, there's a readiness. When you know the good news, it should bring a certain readiness. Okay? A certain preparation. And so let me put it this way. Number one, you've got to know your mission. And number two, oh, didn't click. Be prepared to carry out your mission. You need to know your mission, and you need to be prepared to carry out your mission. See, if you really know the gospel, you need to know, what, what am I doing? What am I doing in life? Is it all about this? Is it all about this? Is it all about this? If you know that, hey, God has called me to accomplish this. And the people of the New Testament took their mission so seriously. Paul would, on more than one occasion, Paul had to tell the people, people of different churches. No, no, no. You can stay in your jobs and accomplish this mission. I mean, they were so ready to go and accomplish the mission. There's people that shouldn't be leaving their jobs that were ready to leave their jobs. And so Paul said, no, no, you can even carry out this mission in the work where you're at. You can stay in this job. Now, there's some people that had to, that, that did go off somewhere else, but, but so many people had to say, stay right there. You can accomplish. But they took this mission seriously. Whatever it else it is that they were trying to accomplish in life, they gave up on, and they said, I've, I'm singular focused task at hand. Accomplish the mission that God has given me. To go and preach, proclaim, tell the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To glorify God. What's God's mission for you? To go and tell the gospel. That's what your mission is. Know your mission. I want you to think about this mission for a second. More specifically, I just totally skipped ahead of myself here. Um, let me go back. Let me go back. Let me go back to this blank screen right here. That's why I had a blank screen. Let's think about that mission a little bit more specifically. This going involved going and making disciples, making other followers, right? Going and baptizing. And more people dedicating themselves to the task, Right? Teaching them to observe all that God has commanded. Okay, I mean, it's not just going out trying to get converts. That's where some people have gone wrong in the past. They thought the mission was just to get people to, to pray a prayer, to, to, to have this, this experience happen. And it was more than that. The mission is more than that. It's going to have more people that are followers. The word disciple, it means a follower. 
Go and make disciples. Go make followers of Jesus. But when we think about this other part, being prepared to carry out our mission, you can think about a lot of different things. One, you can think about learning, teaching, getting some more teaching. Okay, if I want to carry out this mission of, of going and telling the gospel, I need to understand it maybe a little bit better. I need to prepare myself. Learning scripture, learning the word of God, that study Bible I gave you guys that can be such a good tool for learning the, the word of God a little bit better, helping myself understand. I mean, if, you're, if our mission is to go and, and teach all that Jesus has commanded, do you, know, do you even know all that Jesus has commanded? Probably not. But yet, part of your mission is to go and teach, all the, teach people to observe all that Christ has commanded. It's a challenging mission. But you know what? I think that that's not quite what Paul is talking about when he talks about being prepared to carry it out, being ready, this readiness that comes from the gospel. The real question, I think, is this. Okay? And I always have this point in my, my message where I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I feel like I'm losing everybody. So I, I will refocus. Ready? Here it comes. I'm going to refocus. I just want your absolute attention. I don't want you to miss this. Okay? The readiness that comes from the gospel, the readiness that I'm talking about, is, I think, something inside. Are you ready to go? See, that's the readiness that should come from the... I mean, if you really understand the good news of Jesus Christ, there should be some element of motivation that happens in your heart. I'm just saying if you get it, if you understand what the good news is about, there should be some element of motivation that comes from really understanding that. Maybe you, ne- maybe you never really understood it before. Maybe a few minutes ago I was talking about, no, it's based on his accomplishment, not my anything. Man, that's, that's amazing. There's so many people I know, I wish they knew that. They're trying so hard to, to live for this and live for this, and God has done this. I want them to know. All of your hopes and everything, you can put it all in Jesus. I want them to know. There should be a readiness that comes. Think about the task itself. This is where this Isaiah passage I was getting ready to share with you. Isaiah 52, 7 says this. How beautiful upon the mountains. And surely Paul had this in mind when he's saying about the gospel of peace and your feet, right? How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who bring the good news. Who publishes peace who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Paul quotes this passage in another place. Um, in Romans ten fifteen. He, he quotes it again. He says, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. You know, obviously, this doesn't mean that the person preaching has beautiful feet. I don't. What's he talking about? The, the, the one who brings this message. What a beautiful thing it is. Are you? I mean, this, this is the thing. This is the thing that, that is, should be the thing in your life. We all have a thing, right? This, this one thing, that's, this is the most important thing. to carry. To, 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 like I said before, some of us are preaching the gospel, but the gospel we're preaching is a don't be dumb gospel. See, it's not that you're not sharing some kind of news, some kind of good news, but some of us, we're not preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're preaching a make wise choices gospel. If you make wise choices, your life will come out right. That's not the gospel. And this message is of great value. Uh, 
the question I have to ask before I go into this, this other gospels we might be preaching, before I go into that, let me, let me say this. Let me add to this number two. Be prepared to carry out your mission no matter what the cost. See, this is the readiness. Are you prepared to carry out this mission no matter what the cost? John 16, 33 says this. Uh, I have said these things to you, Jesus speaking, that, that in me you may have peace. In the world... You will have tribulation, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Or Paul, Paul who sent Timothy to the Thessalonian church, tells the Thessalonian church, I sent Timothy to you, and this is why, to establish and exhort you in your faith that no one be moved by these afflictions, these trials that they're in, for you yourselves know that we are what? Destined for this affliction, right, is what he's talking about. Or how about Paul when he writes to Timothy himself? He says this, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life, a God-centered life, in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Or Jesus, again, in the Beatitudes, he's blessed are the poor, right? Listen to this last of the Beatitudes. He says, Blessed are you when others revile you, and persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. Oh, did I? Oh, did I have it all in one? Sorry. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I like that last part there. You're not the first. There's a long line of people who've understood what God's mission was for the life, took it upon themselves to say, okay, I want to carry out God's mission. And many, many of them, it doesn't result in praise and adulation on the pats on the back. It results in persecution, ridicule, right? Challenges to that. Are you ready? Are you prepared to carry out the mission no matter what the cost? See, it's easy to carry out a mission of the good news of wise choices, that's easy. You're not really stepping on too many toes when you do that. You know, if you make right choices, if you do the good thing, if you make you know really wise decisions, then this this will start to play out in your life, and good things will happen. And that's the message that we're presenting. That's the that's the gospel message that we present. That's a false gospel. That's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some of us present a gospel of. Good work ethic. You know, one of the most important things, you've got to be a good worker. Be a good worker, things will work out. You've got to be good. And this is what you have to do. Whatever you do, be a good worker. Work hard. Things will work out for you in the end. It's good to be a good worker, but that's not the gospel. Some of us, probably not very many of us, is um, good morals. Got to be a good person. That's the most important thing. Now we know that that doesn't save us, but but the, the words that actually come out of our mouth for a lot of people that we're actually talking to and communicating with, that's all we ever get to. Maybe we don't present it directly to those people. Maybe we talk to other people about it. You know what their problem is? They just need to start doing this. They need to start doing this. They need to start doing this. That's what their problem is. You know. I have to tell you, that's what the problem is. 
That's not the gospel. If you take Jesus out of the gospel, it's not the gospel, is it? If you take Jesus out of that gospel, it's not, it's not really the gospel. To be honest, some of us have been guilty of proclaiming news. And we've based it in our life experiences, especially those of us that are older. We've based it in our life experiences. I've lived a long time, so I know how this is what needs to happen. And listen, you, you guys here, you need, you need to make sure that this is what you do. This is, this is the thing. You're wrong. That's not the thing. You know what the thing is? Jesus. And the thing about who Jesus is, it's not about getting your life together entirely. That's a wonderful effect that the Spirit of God has in your life. But the thing about Jesus, primarily, is that he sets you right with God, and then he gives you a new heart. That's what needs to happen, isn't it? What good does it do to change all the things and to tell people to change? You need to make this right choice and do this right thing and do this thing here. They need to know who Jesus is. That's the, that's the, that's the one thing. If you had to narrow it down to the one thing that people need to know, they need to know who Jesus is. If we were honest today, I would not be surprised, because I've been there myself, that if we, we, we said, okay, we gotta be you've got to be honest right now today, you, you have to stand up and tell me. There are many of you in this room that though you have gone to church for a long time, you probably couldn't count, uh, you know, or you probably could count on one hand the number of times in your life that you've actually told somebody who Jesus is and what Jesus accomplished for them. Now, you may have said, you should go to church. There's nothing wrong with this. Don't, don't, there's nothing wrong with those things. But it's not really the mission. God has called you to go and proclaim the gospel. And when you understand the good news of Jesus, it gives you a readiness, a, a stability in your feet, right? What did I say? Mobile and agile and steady. When you really understand your mission of life, it gets you going. And some of us, we, we struggle day to day. It's like, it just, things don't... And part of the problem is because you're shooting for the white picket fence or you're shooting for the, the finding the ideal person or, or finding the, getting fulfillment out of this or all kinds of things that you think, if I just had the, just Listen, your mission, the thing that's going to get you going in life, that's going to give you readiness, is knowing the gospel message and understanding what's your mission to go and share the gospel. Now, I don't do this very often. Because people don't like it. People don't like being put on the spot, being open all that well. But I would like to know 
Who of you in this room right now say, you know what? I, I want God to commission me for his service. I, I mean, if, if God was here, one of the questions I might ask him is, what do you want me to do? What's the thing that you want me to be working on in life? What do you want me to do? Commission me. Give me something to do for you. I, I, you know, I've been living my life for myself. Give me something to do for you. What do you want me to do? Some of you in this room say, you know what, to be absolutely honest, I, I would really like that. I, I, I want God to commission me. Right? Give me a task. I want to serve Him. I want to read this passage, Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Go, therefore. Imagine these disciples hearing Jesus. Now, this is right before He ascends. He's resurrected from the grave. They've seen it with their own eyes. He's been walking around with them for a few days now. I mean, He was dead, crucified. He's alive again. But He's getting ready to go somewhere. But He's going to give us something to do. So He says, he says listen... And right after he says these words, the Bible says he's, he ascends. I mean, that would be awesome to see, by the way. Jesus talking to you and all of a sudden, right? And those words are sticking in your head. No wonder it's in all, three of the, or all four of the Gospels. No wonder they kept reiterating. You can imagine the, the final words, not before Jesus passed away, but the final words before he ascended. Go. Go, make disciples, other followers. They need to know. Jesus, Jesus, he was only in Israel physically. Only in that time period physically. And he's given us his spirit to accomplish that this news can go. Because this news isn't just for Israel. Fortunately for us, we're not in Israel right now. This news was for everybody. Go. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The age hasn't ended yet. He's still with us to carry out this mission. Anybody in here say, you know, I... I now, I'm not going to do this bow your head, close your eyes thing. If, don't be ashamed. You say, I, I, I want to be commissioned for God's service. I haven't been doing it, but I want to do it. Anybody say, right now, I'm unashamed. I want to raise my hand and say, I, I want to be commissioned for God's service. I want to go. Amen. Look at that. Don't, don't be afraid to look around. It's all right. It's a family. God has a mission for you. And here's the great thing. He's not picking the great, magnificent people of the world to accomplish his goals. This might sting. He's picking you. (laughs) But that's okay. Because he gives his spirit to you to accomplish the task. 
Do you want to be commissioned? You know what the mission is. Do you want to be commissioned? Let me read it one more time. Imagine Jesus getting ready to ascend. Go. Can you hear those words ringing in your ears after he's gone? I mean, in fact, uh, we read later that after he ascended, they're all, you know, standing there. And this angel comes down and goes, why are you still standing here? <laughs> he says, you men of Israel, why do you, why do you keep looking up into heaven? He's going to come back. In, in other words, don't you have a mission? Didn't he just give you something you were supposed to be doing? Same thing with you. We're go- now, we're going to stop in a few minutes. Now, we're going to have a meal. We have a meal today, don't we? Okay. I'm not the best person to ask, obviously. And you can stay for the meal if you want. I'd love it if you did. If you're sitting right there going, you know what, i got somebody I know right now that they need, they need to hear the gospel. I've known them for a long time. I've never told them the gospel. They need to know. Then go. Go tell them. Hunt them down. Find them. Where are you at? we got cell phones. It's amazing. Call people wherever they're at. Where are you at? I'm there. I'm coming. What do you got? I mean, i got some amazing news to tell you. Because I don't know if I've ever told you before. Don't expect <coughs> praise and adulation. You're going to have some people that you, you, you're gonna st- you start talking like this, you're going to have all kinds of Ridicule, persecution. Now you're going to get some people are going to hear it, believe it. You're going to, there's going to be some people that you're going to tell, and of no doing of your own, because you, you, it may be the time that you share it in the worst way, and you walk away and go, man, I sounded like a moron. And that's the time that God grabs those words and delivers them like a missile to the heart, penetrating that heart the good news of the gospel, and this miracle called faith happens inside a person's heart, and they go, I believe. The Spirit of God does that. But your task is to go and tell people, and some of you haven't been doing it. I hate to sound like a teacher right now. That needs to change. Now, you all said, I want to be commissioned. This is your task. Go. You've got to go and tell people about Jesus. Well, I don't, I'm not really good at it. You talk to people all the time. Don't give me that. Well, they may, you know, now I feel like I'm talking to a teen group, but you're going to have, some of you, even as adults, are going to say that. They might think I'm, you know, some religious fanatic. <laughs> you're not? <laughs> are you not fanatical about Jesus and what he's done? What's so wrong about people thinking that about you? Well, they're going to give me a hard time. They may, Hey, Jesus himself says, if, if they persecuted me, don't think they're not going to persecute you too. Look what they did to Jesus. You start telling people about Jesus, you think they're not going to want to crucify you, so to speak? There's people in your life, in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if right now, there's somebody in your head you're thinking about going, I need to tell them. I've never really just said this is the message. Now, just in case, because we've got lots of new people here. There's some of you that might be sitting here today going, you know what? I, I've never really believed that. I mean, I believed it, but I didn't believe it. 
I believed it was true, but man, it wasn't the thing in my life. Now, I'm not one that says, okay, let's come up here and let's do this and do this. But let me tell you right now, if you're sitting there thinking, you know what, I think I, I, be- I believe this. Something's going on here. I wasn't believing it quite like this, but now I'm just, man, this is like starting to consume my thoughts. I'm really buying into this. Jesus, I, I'm, I'm, come tell me about it. Because part of the commission is to make the other followers. And some of you are new followers. You're just now starting to follow. And part of that commission for me is to teach you to observe all that God has commanded. I want to know where you're at in your spiritual life. If you're just starting off this spiritual walk, if you've been walking for a long time, but you know, kind of limping along, if you're ready to take off sprinting towards Jesus, I want to help you accomplish that. I want to help point you in the right direction and give you things that you can use and study and learn to accomplish those things. I want to pray for you. You've been commissioned. You may not have known it before, but this is a commission for all of Christ's followers to go and tell the gospel. You've been commissioned. Are you going to do what God says? Let's pray. Jesus, I want to thank you for giving us a mission. I want to thank you for for telling us what to do. Lord, I pray that you would help us to... uh, Lord, I want to say accomplish the mission, Lord, but I I know that we can't do that. Lord, I know that only you will carry it to completion, but, but Lord, my part in it is to obey and tell and leave everything else up to you. If someone reacts poorly, if someone reacts gratefully, if people believe or people want to persecute, Lord, help us. Lord, specifically, Lord, this morning, I pray that you'd be with those who raise their hand and say, I want to be commissioned by God. I pray that you'd help them today to begin that task. Lord, they're going to want to wait for that, that open door. But for many of us, that's become an excuse to not share the gospel. Well, there just wasn't an opportunity. There just wasn't that open door. Lord, help us not to wait for that. But give us wisdom to know when to speak. But then help us to listen to your spirit and speak when you call us to. I pray that Edgewood would be a church that is all about proclaiming the gospel. Lord, we're, we're not going to do it perfect all the time. But Lord, that's why we, we trust you. We trust that you will take our, our, what we're doing, Lord. Because you've not chosen the, the, those who are eloquent of speech. Lord, you've chosen us to share your message. And I thank you for that. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.